0: You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. As your pastor, I'm, I'm called by God to be your shepherd, and so I, I say this to you all the time. I lead you through different seasons in our church, and and through this summer season, we've been focused on serving, haven't we? We've just, we've, we've done VBS, we've took our kids down to Motion Conference, there was a serve day tied in there somewhere as well, and we've just been serving and serving and serving, and we've been working, and, and I just want to take this month, we, we, we do this every August, to just take this month to just pause everything that's going on. I don't know if you notice, but there's not any other events happening in August, because I want us just to pause and focus and reflect and and just and, and focus on who God is. And I just what I want us to do is I'm I'm leading you to the water. I'm leading you to the, the let, let's go take a nap on the hillside, everyone. Like that's that's my goal for this. Like let, let's spiritually refresh and eat. And so that's what I'm that's what we're doing in this month of August. And that's why we're starting this new series called Let Us Pray. And I'm excited about this series because honestly I think a lot of us in this room, if we're honest, we all know that we should pray, but a lot of us either, A, just don't. <laughs> some of us, maybe we don't know what to say. You know, quite frankly, some of us, maybe we, we know we should pray, but honestly, we've just kind of gotten bored with prayer. And we feel like we, we, we don't know exactly what to say all the time. And that's why I want to bring you this verse out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. This is going to be our theme verse for the series. It says this. It says, pray in the spirit when? In every situation, right? In every situation. When are we supposed to pray? In every situation. And it goes on to say, use every kind of prayer request there is. I want to say it to you this way. I want to kind of rephrase this verse and, and say it to you in this way, that maybe you might not enjoy praying now, But you might actually begin to enjoy praying if instead of taking, maybe you feel like you got to take an hour out of the front end of your day. Listen, you don't have to do that. Maybe you would enjoy praying in every situation. Maybe if you spent some little one-minute prayers here and there, Maybe you would begin to enjoy prayer instead of all at once. What would happen if you just said, okay, I'm on my way to work. God, I thank you for this day. God, I'm glad that you're here with me. God, I know that you're anointing my steps today. Lord, I know that you're going to get me in the right contacts today. You're going to help me meet the right people. What, if, what would happen if instead of just feeling like you've got you to kneel and pray for the first three hours of the day, what would happen if you just applied it to your life, if you just applied it to wherever you go? And and so in order for us to kind of learn this, in order for us to understand this, I feel like my job for you is to show you some different ways to pray. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get stuck on a certain way of praying. I feel like God kind of gets old with my prayers. (laughs) He's like, Noah, you're asking for the same things. And so what I want to do is I just want to show you some different ways in Scripture. There's several different ways. This whole series is going to be a different way each week that you can pray. And I think that as I show these to you, I think this can really begin to add maybe some spiritual freshness in your life. So maybe you feel like you're a bit stagnant today. I hope to bring you some, some freshness spiritually. And so today I want to give you something, honestly, something you can do. This could apply to every single time that you pray. But before we jump into the content, I really want to frame this entire message around this question. It's simply this. This is the most popular question that I would get asked about prayer. Why should God answer our prayers? Think about that question for just a moment. Would you just answer that? Why do you think God should answer your prayers? Just think of your answer. You know, most people would answer this question, I think, incorrectly. I think if you would ask the general person, why should God answer their prayers, I think they'd say something like this. Well, it's because I went to church this week. Or it's because I served this week. Or it's because I repented this week. Or it's because I fully, finally surrendered to God this week. And although those are good answers, that's not the reason why your prayers are answered. Can I just tell you something real quick? This might burst your bubble. But God is not answering any prayer based on you. He's not answering any type of prayers based on you. He's not saying, well, you know, I was going to answer that, but you've been a little stubborn this week. You know, like, <laughs> like you've, been a, <laughs> you've been a bit of a mess this week, so I'm not going to answer it. No, that's not what he's doing. No, he answers prayers to, not, not based on us. He's answering, him, answering them based on who he is. He's answering them based on the character of who he is. So if you look through all the prayers in the Bible, and in the beginning of almost every prayer, and this is what I want to give you today. In the beginning of almost every prayer where, 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 where someone starts this prayer, it's almost always begins with the character of who God is. It never starts with, oh, God, I'm in a mess. Oh, God, I need you to fix this. No, it begins with the character of God, meaning it starts like, oh, God, you are. God, you're so good. It's not, oh, God, I'm in, a mess. I'm in this great mess this week. No, God, you are. And so to give you some freshness to your prayer life, what I want to do is I want to show you the character of God. And one of the best ways, I think, to do it is to give you the names of God. Because the names of God are very important in prayer. Which, by the way, the names of God, it's it's why we have the, the third commandment of the Ten Commandments is do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You ever wonder that? Some people think that that's all about cussing, right? (laughs) Or or swearing, whatever you want to say. It's all about, listen, that's not just what it's about. What, What this commandment is doing is it's saying, don't misunderstand the power that you have on your lips when you say the name of the Lord. Like you have power. There is reverence to the name of God. You worship a God with a powerful name, which by the way, I think is why when Jesus taught prayer, When Jesus taught prayer in the Lord's Prayer, he opens by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Look at that. So the name of God. So so what I want to encourage you to do is if you need some freshness in your prayer life, what would happen if you started with the names of God? Instead of starting with your request, instead of saying, God, I need my daily bread today, right? Like, like I'm going to kick out, can you kung fu fight the devil for me, Lord? Like, I, I need him out of my life. Instead of that, what if we started with the character and the nature of God? You see, prayer, I think, is based on the authority of who God is. It's based on a badge that essentially says, Dad said so. Think about that for just a moment. Like, it, it, it's almost like when you pray, you're saying, Okay, my father said so. You parents, you know what, you're, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Like, sometimes you go to your kids, and I, this same in our house. It was mom said, Okay, mom would tell Elizabeth, my sister, Hey, go tell Noah to come and eat. Uh, well, Noah would hang out in his room. But then when mom said, Tell Noah his dad said to come and eat, guess what? There was a different authority that came with that name, the dad said so, okay, so I was hopping i was I was out like I'm coming right and so that that's there's this authority that you when you carry the name of God it's a different authority in church. what I want to do is I want to encourage you that you have that name, that you have that character of God while you pray and so I want to begin um, by talking about uh, so, so what we do is we begin our prayer by talking about how awesome our God is. Now probably, maybe some of you, some of you might do this, some of you may not know. Um, maybe, you, maybe you've heard of the names of God, maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, let me tell you, there are eight covenant names of God, eight names that stand out all throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, that are the names of God. These eight qualities really describe Who God is. And the amazing thing, what I want to show you today, is although this is all throughout Scripture, there's eight names of God all throughout Scripture, there's one passage of Scripture in the matter of six verses in one chapter in the book of Psalms that covers every name of God. It covers every character, and it is the very famous psalm that many of you probably have memorized. In fact, we actually had our kids memorize this. I don't know if you know this. In our kids' class, uh, just about, uh, just a couple months ago, they memorized the whole book of, or they, they memorized the whole chapter of Psalm 23. And y'all know this. And so, what I want us to do, I'm, I've got it on the screen here. Would you just read this aloud with me, and just and, and join me as we read the scripture? Let's begin. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen, everybody. Ain't that a beautiful psalm? It's a beautiful passage of Scripture. And what I want to do is I just want to take these six verses, and I want to give you a tool today. I think I can give you a tool in order to pray, and I think this could be a 20-second tool. I think it could be, I think you could use it for 20 seconds, or, and I also think you could use it for 20 minutes, everyone, and so you just take your time with it, but I want us to take a look at Psalm 23. In fact, as we talk about the names of God, Proverbs actually says that the righteous run to the, run to the name of God, and they find safety. And so we're going to look at the names of God, and we're going to start Psalm 23, verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I want you to notice this my. He's my shepherd. You know what that means? It means he's mine. Like, like it's personal. And, I, and, and you could leave here today, if you left here with nothing else, I would want you to know this, that my goal for you, Is that you would just get that close to God. That he wouldn't just be a God. But he would be your God. That he would be your friend. That he would be your savior. In fact I just think that's the best gift I could ever give you. Is for you to make it personal. That God wants to have a personal intimate relationship with you. In fact if you're taking notes I'd just say it like this. You're my shepherd. That's who he is. In fact. How many, of you, how many of you want to go a little deep this morning? Some of y'all want to go a little deep? You say, yeah, yeah let's, 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 go, let's go a little deep. <laughs> In fact, a lot of the times, well, <laughs> I preach a lot of simple messages. In fact, the way we say it around here is I, I put the cookies on the bottom shelf, everyone. That way everyone can have one. You know what I mean? Like, hey, it's on the bottom shelf. But for those of you who like it a little deep, I want to give you the Jewish Old Testament Hebrew covenant name. This is what, this is what they would call God. Here it is right here. Jehovah Ra. Jehovah Raha. Which literally means, get this, everyone, it literally means, you are my pastor. Think about that. In fact, I just like to say to God when I pray, when I pray through the names of God, I just like to say, Lord, you're my shepherd, but most, Lord, you are my pastor. You're my pastor. Listen, I'm the pastor of this church. And even though I'm the pastor of this church, I have a pastor because every single person needs a pastor. If you don't know that, by the way, you need a pastor. In fact, I, be- I just believe that you sh- there should be a moment in your life where you, just, where you commit to a pastor, where you commit to someone to watch over your soul and take care of you. And listen, can I just tell you, it doesn't have to be here <laughs> Listen, I could easily recommend several churches in town that you could go to if you don't like this one. But what I'm saying is, is that you need a pastor. You need a shepherd. And even better than just a man, even better than just a person, the good news is, is that you have God as your chief shepherd. Yeah, I might be your shepherd in a way, but I can't be with you all the time. That'd be a full-time job, everyone. I can't walk around with you and hold your hand through everything. Here's the good news, is that God is your chief shepherd. And he's the one who wants to have a relationship with you just like your pastor does. In fact, he says in John chapter 10, verse 14, he says, I am the, the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And so, what I do when I pray through the names of God, I just start by just saying, Lord, thank you for being my pastor. Thank you for guiding me and speaking to me and leading me on the right path. In fact, this verse, take a look at this. It goes on to say in Psalm chapter 23, this is, this is the rest of verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what? Because, because God, because God, you are my shepherd. Because God, you take care of everything that I need. Here's the quality that I want you to get here. It's simply this. You are my provider. Who is God? He's my provider. And the covenant name, for those of you who want to go a little bit deeper, it's Jehovah Jireh. Y'all know there's a very famous song about that right now. Jireh, you are enough. You know what it means? It's just It's Jireh just simply means he supplies everything that I need. He gives me everything that I need. You know why he does that? You know, it's because we all have the tendency... To be our own provider. You know what I mean? Like we just naturally, we just want to take care of ourselves. We want to be self-sufficient. And, I, and, and can I just encourage you, don't do that. I mean, you don't just trust in riches. Instead of trusting in riches, you want to trust in the God who richly provides. And I promise you, our God, Scripture says, will supply all of our needs. He, he, he wants to supply our needs. Because otherwise, some of us in this room, we've made our job, we've made our accomplishments, we've made those things the focus. And can I tell you, there's, there's nothing wrong with working hard. Listen, I get it. You ought to work hard. And there's nothing wrong with earning some things. And I'm not saying that. What I am saying is just don't put your full trust in it. Because one day it might be gone. Because you can't guarantee that thing. Because here, here's what will happen. You what you won't just have money, your money will begin to have you. And so many of us today, and so many of us even in this room or watching online today, your money has you. And you are tied to the dollar. And it will possess you, and it will control your life. In fact, I read a a statistic this week that said that people with the most money actually give the least. Think about that for just a moment. People who have the most money actually give the least. You know why? It's because they want to be financially secure. Think about that for just a moment. Think about what financially secure even means. In fact, can I just... (laughs) I was thinking about this this week, and I was just thinking, when is the moment that you are financially secure? At what moment in life do you ever become financially secure? And I think you can never become financially secure, honestly. I, and, and let me prove it to you. Let me ask you this. How much money does it take for you to be financially secure? How much money does it take f- to protect you from all possible things? How much money does it take? <laughs> How much? No one's, I'll answer. It's more than you currently have. <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, it, that, that's it. I mean, if, <laughs> if I would be financially secure, I just need more than what I've already got, right? I mean, I, that, that's where it's at. And, and, and I just find it interesting that, that people who have a lot don't give a lot, but actually people who don't, people who don't have a lot of things are actually very generous with their things. In fact, statistically, people with less money are more generous than the people who actually have a lot of money. You know why I think that is? I think it's because they realize that their money can't be their hope. That they can't put their hope in the dollar. In fact, I heard a funny story, and uh, I've given you a lot of serious stuff. So this story kind of fits in, it kind of doesn't. So I just want to, I just want to make you laugh anyway. And so it, I, I think it fits in uh, good enough. But I want to tell you the story. This lady... Uh, went to the grocery store, and uh, she she got, grabbed this can of peaches, and she actually shoplifted this, this this little can of peaches, and so they caught her. And anyway, she ends up going to court, and here's what happens: the she she goes to court, the judge is not in a very good mood that day, and he says, "Okay, you know what? For every for every peach that's in that can that you stole, you're going to go to prison for a month," and she says. Well, Your Honor, there were four peaches in that can. He says, all right, four months in prison. And her husband was there along with her. And as soon as she was getting sentenced, her husband raised her hand and said, Your Honor, Your Honor, he said, she also stole a big can of peas, too. (laughs) I like it. But honestly, just think about that for just a moment. Like, we see, all this, <laughs> we see all this craziness, and we see all this trouble out there. In fact, Philippians 4.19, look at what it says. It says, my God, here's the verse I was talking about, will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? That means that your job doesn't meet all your needs. It means that some of you have, looking, have been looking at your spouse to meet all your needs, and they're never going to do that. Some of you, you've been looking at your business, and you've been trying to grow a business, or you've been trying to grow the business that you're a part of, and you're working really hard at it. And listen, it was never designed to meet your needs. And can I, just, can I just disappoint you a little bit more? I'm sorry. But City Hope Church was never designed to meet all your needs, everyone. Like, this church will never, ever meet all your needs. No, it's God who meets all of my needs. He meets my needs. So he's my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, My provider. Look at this next verse. I want to teach you another one. Psalm 23, 2. He makes me, I just, the wording of this. Don't we just need this in our culture today? Like he makes me lie down because we're stupid enough to just keep going and going and going, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Here's the third quality of our God is that you serve a God who is your peace. And so when I pray, I say, God, I, you're, you're my peace. And listen, for some of you in this room, you've been looking at drugs and alcohol for your peace. You've been looking at relationships to, to find your peace. That's the, only, that's the only place where you feel like you find your peace. Listen, your peace does not come from any other substance. It does not come from somebody else. Your peace comes from the Lord and Him alone. That's it. And check it out. Listen, our God doesn't just have peace for you. He is peace. Like, he possesses it. It's his nature. In fact, Isaiah says that he is the prince of peace. In fact, if you want the covenant name, they would would say this. He is Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. He's, He's my peace. And listen, and I recognize that maybe some of you in this room, you're in here and you're under a great amount of stress. And can I just add to your stress? Like, listen, I've I've been under, I've I've I feel like I've also been under a great amount of stress, and listen, I in fact, there's there's been times that there's been I I've, I've felt like in my life that there's more stress than I can take, and 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 man, many of you maybe you're in this room today and you've just got so much you've got work related stress, maybe it's health related stress, maybe it's family related stress. Listen, there's a lot of stress in our lives, and, and honestly, if we can just be real honest for just a moment, a lot of us put the stress on ourselves. Like, <laughs> the problem for our stress, believe it or not, is not the enemy. <laughs> like, we all think that it, it might be the devil. Well, it's not the devil. In, in fact, some, some of us, we're just doing way too much. And, and I think it's funny, because when I, when I talk to people and I describe this to people, and I say, well, you're doing way too much. The 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 response that I normally get is, well, well, I can do it. (laughs) You know, I I, like I I know I'm doing too much, but I can do it. Like I can, I can handle this. I I can handle this. Listen, just because it's doable doesn't mean it's sustainable. And, And some of you, you're you're doing some things that, yeah, you can do it, but it won't last. And it's not the devil that's causing your stress, it's you. In fact, Ecclesiastes says that it's better to have one handful and have tranquility and peace in your life than two handfuls and chasing after the wind. And so, so some of you, you've got two fistfuls of life in your, in your life. You're just trying to carry everything around, and you can't do anything. And it's stressed you out because you've got your hands full. And I think, I, honestly, I just think that's the mantra of this world. I Honestly, the mantra of this world is, if if one thing is good, then two things have to be better, right? If one's two, if one's good, then two things are what? Better, right? Like if one dollar, come on, respond to me, everybody. You're awake. I know it's nine o'clock. And I I gave you the answer beforehand. Before I asked, you know, like, jeez, let's try this, okay? I don't know, man. If Let me ask you this. If $1 is good, $2 is? Okay, it's not a trick question, everybody. It's better. If one activity is good, two activities are? Man, if having one child is good, two children are? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all are, I'm not saying that, you know. You're not going to trick me, Pastor, right? (laughs) If one wife is good, two wives are wrong, everyone. Absolutely. (laughs) Right? In fact, I heard this story, this seminary student, uh, who he, he, he asked, he said, why, why, did, why did King Solomon have, he had these thousands of wives, why did, why did he have thousands of wives? And the professor said, and everyone, everyone kind of leaned in, and the professor said, well, I'll give you the answer. It's, he, he had a thousand wives because it was in hopes that when Solomon got home, that one of them would be in a good mood. And, <laughs> Bad, right? That's bad. I took you all through that just to tell you that joke. Bad, bad. All right. I, I just kidding. Love my wife. Ask her. She loves me too. All right. Sometimes John fourteen twenty seven. Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And so I think every day, you should just start your day. Thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Shalom, that you are my peace. And you not, you not just calm the world outside, but you calm my soul. Like you're my, you're my inner peace. You bring order to my life. You getting anything out of this today? Absolutely. Number four. Let's give you the fourth quality here. He restores my soul. Really quick. He restores my soul. You know, the, the word restore, it just means to bring back to the place of origin. And so to restore something, so in order to restore your health, say you say, your, your health was good, but now it's, now it's over here. What does God do? want to do? He wants to bring it back to that place of origin. Maybe your marriage, you feel like your marriage was good, but now it's all the way over here. What does God want to do? He, wants to, he just wants to pick it up and, and bring it back to the original place. Do you know that you have a God who wants to do a work on the inside of your life, and he wants to bring every single piece back that the devil has stolen, and he wants to bring it back to where it goes? In fact, I'll say it like this for, for those of you who might be a little confused. Our God is our healer. And so when I pray, I just say, Lord, you're my healer. You're my healer. And I'm not just talking about physical healing, which, by the way, I, I, I strongly believe that God still physically heals people, everyone. Like the, the great physician did not close up shop. He is still healing people. My God still does it. But I'm not just talking about physical healing. But I'd also submit to you that he heals so much more than just our bodies. Like, in fact, I would, I would, I would go as far to say, that this thing is going to die anyway, right? <laughs> like, like it's, it's not going to be here much longer. In fact, I would say that you're not looking at Noah Fritchie. You're, you're looking at the, the very handsome tent that God has put me in, right? <laughs> and uh, you don't have to laugh. That's okay. I can laugh at myself, but you don't have to laugh. <laughs> but you're just looking at the handsome tent that I'm in. And it's, the, the, the truth is, this tent is frail, it has flaws, it's, it, it needs contacts. <laughs> like, sometimes I think I need hearing aids, everyone. Like, sometimes I feel like I can't hear. Like, it's got problems. It, it's got all kinds of issues. But can I just tell you, this is not me. This is not who I am. And, and, and if, 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 if my body is sick, yeah, that's bad. But some of us, it's worse. In fact, I think your soul being sick can be worse than any type of physical sickness that you'll ever face. I mean, so, so what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is that God not only heals your diseases, but he heals every place where maybe you are diseased. Think about that for just a moment. Every place where you're hurting, every place where you're broken, not just on the outside, but on the inside. You know what it is? Here, here's the name. He's Jehovah Rapha. Meaning he's the restorer. He returns me back to that point of where, where I departed. And listen, I, I, I want to see this happen in your life. In fact, I think one of the greatest places to see this happen in your life is, to, is, is a season that we're just getting ready to start. It's a season of small groups. And I love our groups. In fact, Tyler mentioned it today, that our small group finder opens today. And we've got all kinds of different choices. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, why do I need to find a group? You know why? It's because groups are where this healing takes place. It's where the healing takes place. And In fact, you say, well, how in the world does healing take place? Well, Scripture says that if we confess our sin to one another, we'll be healed. And so we strategically have relationships, the right relationships in our life, so that we can experience that healing. In fact, I think the best way for you to be healed is to just simply let someone know that you're sick. (laughs) How would you be healed in any other way? I mean, when you're physically sick, you go to a doctor, you let someone know, even if some of y'all are scared of the doctor, I don't know, but you let someone know, you tell somebody that you're sick. And that's what, the same way for your soul. You've got to get close to someone. And our prayer is, is that in small groups, you would get close enough to someone to have the confidence to say, you know what, I need to tell you something. You know what I need to take off the mask and can I just can I just tell you like we all have a f- few loose screws in this room like every single one of us, including your pastor got a few loose screws everyone like like we we all have some issues but we get into a place where someone else knows what's going on so that we can experience our healer in fact first Peter chapter two verse twenty four it says he personally carried our sins. Jesus carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. In fact he says by his wounds you were healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away but now you have turned to your shepherd the guardian of your souls. Can I tell you our God wants to heal you. He would love to heal you. Here's the next quality. Let's take a look at this. Psalm 23, verse 3. (laughs) He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, when I was studying this week, I found this to be one of the most interesting phrases. The fact that righteousness has a path. Like we know that there is a right and wrong way to go. And every one of us make bad choices. And so So when I pray, I remember that not only is God my shepherd, not only is he my provider, not only is he my peace and my healer, but God, you are also my righteousness. It's who you are. And I thank God for that every single day. Because, listen, I keep messing up every day. (laughs) Every single day. I mess it up. I screw it up. Sometimes I'm just like, God, I'm sorry, I screwed it up again and again and again. Like, I've got it all messed up. But, God, I thank you that through the blood of Jesus, you have made me righteous, that you've made me new. I don't know if, if you need to know this, church, but all of your sins have been paid for, past, present, and future. And even though we're unholy, Jesus made us right through what he did on the cross. And so sometimes in prayer, I just got to reflect on that. And I just got to say, Jesus, you didn't have to die for me. You didn't have to make me right with you. But you did instead, and I thank you that you've taken that guilt and that burden off of me. Thank you, Lord, for being my righteousness. And listen, not only does he do, do that for you, but now he walks you through a path of righteousness. So what is he doing? He's helping me order my life so that I can walk down the right path. Y'all ready for this name? This one's going to blow your mind because I can't say it, all right? I'm just going to put it on the screen. Here's what I, <laughs> I listened to a couple, I, a, a, a couple audibles on this name. You ready? Sidkenu, Jehovah Sidkenu. I think that's pretty close. Y'all, if you want to do it, you can preach next week, okay? All you got to do is say sick and new for 30 minutes, and uh, <laughs> I'll let you preach next week. But what, what does this mean? What well, it means he, he's my righteousness. It means that he literally, that he starts, he begins to work righteousness into my life. And by the way, can I just, let me just say this. Righteousness is not boring. I think a lot of people think that if I'm going to go to church and if I'm going to be right with God, I'm going to live a boring, sterile life. That's not the case at all. Listen, if you lived your life the righteous way that God wanted, can I tell you that your life, you ready for this, would be so much better. It would be so much better. In fact, Scripture says... Again, let's look at this 1 Peter verse. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. And so what do we do? We we, we let God walk us through this period of holiness. We let him make us righteous. Here we go. Psalm 23 verse 4. Here's the next one. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what this means? In fact, this name that I'm about to give you literally just means there. It literally means that he is there. And not just he is there, the name is literally there, like right now, here, there, right now. But to keep it on theme... I didn't just want to say that, that oh, you're my, you're my there. That wouldn't make a lot of sense to you. But here's how I'll say it you're my constant companion. Meaning, if I go to the funeral home, you're there. If I go to the office, <laughs> you're there. When I go to the hospital, when I go on vacation, when I go to work, you are there. The next the, the, here's the name for it is Jehovah Shammah which just means he is always by your side. Listen, there is no place you can go where God is not there. And I don't know about you, but it is just comforting for me to know that our God is there. He's there. He's right there with you. I don't I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in life before where maybe you felt a bit frightened. And maybe you felt like you you were just exposed to the elements. I'll tell you, like, uh, let's see, when was that? I think it was Thursday night this week. Uh, I, apparently, everyone, I left my house and just left the garage door open. So classic me, I'm on the phone, you know, busy, too busy to close the garage door apparently. And so I leave and the garage door is open. And so my house is just exposed, you know, like it's just, people can just walk right in my house if they want to. And so I'm not telling you this to do this because if you do, I've got lots of people who really like me and will take care of you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Perfect. Yeah, try me, okay? But no, so, so the garage door is open. So just I, I, the ugly garage is open uh, on top of just you could just walk right into my house all day long, everyone. Like I left it like, I left it like 9.30. And I get a text at like 8.30 at night while I'm in a meeting up here that says, hey, buddy, I uh, don't know if you know this or not, but there's no cars in your driveway and your garage door's wide open. Perfect. Okay. And so anyway, uh, Emily, the hero here, you know, and here's the man I am. Emily, go home and take care of this, right? Uh, <laughs> Emily, I, I just sent her with the little garage thing. And so Whatever we were going to do, we were just going to lock the person in until I just got to go home. So she just drove by and just closed the garage. And just, if there was somebody in there, they're in there, you know. And so, <laughs> no big deal. And so we come home that night, and, and now, now it's after 10 o'clock. And, and so we, we pull in. I open the garage, and Emily's outside, you know, peeking around, you know. And I go in, and I, I, I slam the door open, right, you know. And, and then... I was scared to death, in fact, the only reason that I would go in there is because someone else was with me. And although Emily might not look like a fighter, I think she could help at least. <laughs> so, I, But listen, even your pastor wouldn't go, to, go in that house that was left exposed all day. I wouldn't have gone by myself. I had to literally talk Emily out of the car Emily, you're going to have to go in with me. Like, I can't die alone, please. <laughs> and so long story short, we go and slam the doors open, and look under the beds, and thank the Lord no one was there, everyone. But I wasn't willing to go by myself. And even though Emily might not be the fighter that I want her to be, right, she was, there was just this peace to know that someone else was there. You ever just just get that before? Like like you can be in the house by yourself and be so scared, but when there's one other person there, there's there's just this comfort to know that someone is there, and that's who our God is. He's there. He's right by your side. Like there's no place that you could ever go where he's not there. And I don't know about you, but it's just comforting to me to know that our God's right Beside me. In fact, look at what Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 through 6. It says, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say this with confidence that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Listen, every day, I think it's just a, it could be a posture. I think it could be a great thing that you just say, Lord, thank you for being there. Just thank you for being right here with me and just remind yourself of that. Psalm 23, verse 5. We're almost we're wrapping this thing up. It says this You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love this. I, I, this. This might be my favorite one. This idea that while my enemies want to pick a fight with me, Lord, you tell me to go sit down and eat a meal. <laughs> like, like, thank you, Jesus. That as I, as, I, as I sit here and eat my roast beef, everyone, you know, like, as I sit here and eat, you take care of me. You know what he's saying here? You are my defender. It's who you are. In fact, this is, if you want the, if you want the Hebrew word here, it is Jehovah Nisi, which literally means you're my banner of victory, that he goes up before every fight with a banner that says, hey, everyone, we've already won. Like the battle's already won. And by the way, because you have someone who is your defender, you get to sit back at the table and relax and eat and go, beyond, go about your day. In fact, do you know that that literally, I, I was thinking of how to illustrate this for you, and I thought this is a perfect way to illustrate it. Do you know that literally this is happening right now in America? Think about this. There are men and women who are deployed all over the world, all around the world, with the banner of the United States while we are just sitting here chilling. And we're going to go to lunch, and we're going we're, we're to do our things while someone else is fighting our battles. And listen, we honor every service men and women that there is because we get to sit here and relax while they fight our battles. And that's the, that's the picture of God. That's what, what we do. We're just, we're just eating at the table while God just fights our battles. And that's the picture the psalmist wanted to show us. In fact, look at this verse from 2 Thessalonians. It says, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you, and he'll protect you from the evil one. All right, are you ready for this last one? Here's the last one every day. Every day you can pray through these, and I kid you not. 20 seconds, 20 minutes. I, I, you, 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 could, you could spend a lot of time or very little time. Here it is, Psalm 23, verse 5. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Think about this for just a moment. Do you know that just that word anointing just means that it's, it's a supernatural ability? When I say someone is anointed, what does it mean? It just means that the hand of God is upon them. And so not, not, only, not only do I believe that I'm anointed, and so I just I say this to myself every day, Lord, thank you for anointing me. And not only am I anointed, but Lord, my cup runs over, meaning that I have way more than I need, that you've supplied everything that I need to make it through today. And so I'll close, I'll close with this thought. Number eight, you can write down this big word, Lord, you are my sanctifier. And here's the, here's the covenant, Jehovah Kadesh, which literally just means God has set me apart for something special. And can I just look at you today and just say that our God has called you to something. That there is something that you are called and anointed to do whether you feel like it or not today, you are called and chosen. Look at what first Peter chapter two, it says, but you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, church, you have an anointing. And I just think it's just appropriate that man, that you just every morning, you ought to just thank him for the anointing that he gives you. You ought to just pray a prayer. I know I just just pray a prayer in the morning that just says, Lord, you're my sanctifier. Lord, (laughs) listen, if if I pray this prayer, I just say, Lord, you are my sanctifier. Lord, I... I was just an average student. (laughs) I'm just an average guy from the middle of nowhere. And Lord, you came and you put your hand upon me. And Lord, although I barely made it out of high school, Lord, you anointed me and you chose me and you gave me everything that I need to be up here on this stage every weekend so that I can be a blessing to other people. Lord, you've called me, you've anointed, you've chosen me to do this. And I know, I know, I know that it's not just true for me. I know it's true for you. And you want to just say everywhere that you go, Lord, I'm anointed to be in this place. God, you've called me to this place. And what would happen if you just approached God, not just with what you need? And and, and we're going to get to that later in this series. We're going to talk about telling God what we need. and, And there's listen, there's a place and a time. That you, Yes, Lord, I, I need you in this moment. Listen, I need, I need you in this place. But listen, what if we not only approached him with the things that we need, but what if we started to recognize who he already is? In fact, I want you to just to write this, and then we'll pray. Simply this, I just want to wrap this thing up by saying, God answers prayers based on who he is, not who we are. Listen, you can never earn it. You can never deserve it, everyone. He doesn't answer prayers based on how pretty you pray. No, he answers prayers based on who he already is, the eight covenant names of God. And so would you just bow your heads, close your eyes all over this place? Let's just pray right now. Lord, we love you. And God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for being my righteousness, God, I thank you that you've made me right before you. That, Lord, even though I've messed up, even though I've got it wrong over and over again, Lord, that you've made me righteous. Father, today, I, I thank you that you're, you are our shepherd, Lord. Lord, you lead, guide, and direct us. And, Lord, I thank you that you're the chief, chief shepherd of this place. Lord, I thank you for people in here who who need you as the provider. Lord, you're Jehovah Jireh. You provide everything that we need. You are our provider. Thank you, Lord, for being our provider. And Lord, I thank you for being our peace. Jehovah Shalom. Lord, we just love you. God, I thank you for the peace that we can experience right now in this place. Lord, thank you for being our peace. Lord, in the middle of the chaos that surrounds us, Lord, you are our peace. And Lord, there's some people in this room who need to recognize you as the healer. And Lord, there's people in this place who need healing in their body. And Lord, even even more than that, they need healing in their soul. And so, Lord, I have just prayed that you would just touch their soul right now. Lord, thank you for being our healer. we just recognize who you are. Lord, your name is powerful. And Lord, before we come before you with any of our wants and needs, Lord, we just recognize who you already are. What a beautiful name you are, Lord. Lord, how powerful you are. Father, I thank you for touching every person in this place right now. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in this place. That God, you know exactly what every person in this room needs. And Lord, we're just going to take a moment to respond to you, Lord. We take this moment to just recognize who you are. And Lord, we thank you for loving us for who we are. And, Lord, I thank you that you're the God who's there, here, right now. Lord, you're here. Lord, everywhere we go, your presence is with us. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're in this place and you recognize... That you've never fully surrendered your life over to God. That you've never been made righteous through the blood of Jesus, what we talked about today. That's you in this place. Man, I just want to pray a prayer with you. And there's nothing special or magical about this prayer. God just says that when you come before him, when you surrender your life to him, that you can be made new in his presence. And I don't know about you, but I believe his presence is here in this place. So if that's you, scripture says to just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart and you'll be saved. Today could be that day for you. So if that's you in this room, with every head bowed, every eye closed, every person, because we believe it, we're just gonna just pray this together. Just say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross in my place for my righteousness. Thank you for raising him from the dead. Come on, just talk to him right now. Just say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?